This podcast was recorded live on March 11th at 10 p.m. Things may have changed since the time of this recording. Please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I am Samora, your host, and the fellows are here for another episode of SJH Man Cave. We are live on Facebook and looking forward to another fantastic conversation. You can follow our Facebook page at SJH Man Cave and our Facebook group at SJH Podcast Family to get notified when we're going live and engage in discussions we have throughout the week. You can also see our videos on YouTube at SJH Man Cave. And with all that being said, let's dive right in. So, Piers, the talk of the town right now is the release on Coming to America 2, which is, of course, a sequel to the original classic. Jason, I'll start with you. What did you think of the movie? thought it sucked. thought it sucked hot gorilla ass. That's what I thought. I thought it really sucked. Here we I really go. Did. Here I thought I really enjoyed movies. Again, you just putting your neck on the black man with your, with your Uncle Tom ass. Look. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't go just talking about you hating on this movie. I don't know why you hate black people and Eddie Murphy, but I need you. So, so as you all can see, <laughs> there's been a lot of debate, a lot of talk back and forth with folks about whether or not the movie is good. Can you criticize the movie and still be black? What level of quality do we demand from black content? All that kind of stuff. So let's just jump into this. Um, let's relate it a little bit to our own personal experiences. Have either of you felt that sometime that expectations were higher for you based upon your complexion? And Hudson, I'll start with you. Hell yeah. Man, I, I, it don't matter whether it's at, at work you know, in in just personal life, it seemed like, dude, it, it start it starts like early when you when you just a little shorty. You know, you go to a basketball court and let there be 11, 11 white kids there. You know, and, and I'm the one black kid. I'm getting picked up first. I'm expected to be the Michael Jordan out there and carry the whole team. They pass me the ball every time, as if I'm supposed to know how to play. Right. I mean, you. Let, let's fast forward to, to work. Every job I've been at, I've been expected to 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 work twice as hard. And it's like if I don't, next thing I know, I got people coming at me like, hey, uh, is there something wrong? No, there's nothing wrong. I decided I'm just going to do my job today. Motherfucker. I mean, you know, it's like you're expected to do four people's jobs, you know, and. And part of it is, is that we, we just continue everywhere we have to go outside, it seems, of, of, of our own personal homes. It seems like everywhere we go, we're like, we're, we're, we got the spotlight. Because like I said, every job I've been at, you know, I'm, I'm a one of two or three black people in the whole building. So, so I'm noticed everywhere I go and, and they're looking at me and looking for me to do something. I don't even know if it's racism or not, really, except that I just get I, I like have this light shining on me. Hey, there's a black guy. Right. And, and so I can't slack off at all because everyone's looking at me. I'm in an office with mostly white folks. And when I first started, like. The fact that I grasped everything and that I was like I would I wasn't really needed to be trained seemed very surprising. 
Oh, like we just like we had every, we had every intention that we were going to take you through six weeks of training. No, I'm done. I'm done in a week. But can mm-hmm. I just start my schedule? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I really don't think that's necessary. I, I get it. I know what I'm supposed to do. Everything else I'll pick up on as I go. I've been doing this shit for 20 years. OK, it's on my resume. It's why you hired me in the first place. Or I've been in them situations where somehow I was the black representative. You know what I mean? Like when you when you're working like a warehouse, and this, this happened a lot when we were living in Vegas. When you work at a warehouse and you're the only black person working in that warehouse, and they seek permission from you. Like uh, I, I work with a couple racist cats. Ain't no front. Uh, looking for permission to say the n word. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. And you know, and they don't, they don't come, they don't come at you with it lightly because you know they they catch you off guard. They catch you when you're comfortable. You know what I mean? It's like, hey man, what, I don't see what's wrong with the word. Yeah, you know, I don't really see nothing wrong with it either. Well, well, can I say it? It's like, well, at one point I gave I gave permission to white people, I guess, to just go ahead and start saying it. And then, like an hour later, I heard it every two minutes, and it was crazy. Tomorrow, tomorrow, where's Casey's card? Take it right now. Take your right now. Revoke it. You never get permission. I don't know why you did that to yourself, bro. Nigga, I was 25. I shit at that time when I didn't care oh, about nothing. I thought this until, was all, happened recently. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> this this was back, this was back in 06. Like, you know, back when I was dumb and shit. Like, I was extremely <laughs> stupid then. When you I know was, what I mean? Like I did I never really I never really knew what like racism no, 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 and stuff no. was when like I that until I moved out there and experienced it. When I was nine, I slapped the kid's juice out of his hands because he wanted to call, he wanted to say the N-word. No, 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 no. Twenty-five, I don't uh, take that black card away now. Oh no. I never got that <laughs> conversation, bro. <laughs> I never got that conversation until I turned 24 years old, moved out to Vegas, and found a bunch of racist white people to work with. Everybody else I worked with was fine. I never had a white kid walk up to me when I was on vacation like, hey, can I say the N-word? It was never a conversation. We were human beings at that point. We were kids. So we weren't all tripping on it, or at least that's how I felt at the time. When I moved out there and I met a whole new group of folks and whatnot, it turned into some other shit. And it was one of the things that I had to shut down real fast. So, I mean, I've had different experiences when it comes to black expectations. And I unfortunately have met some of those expectations as well. I've gotten mad on the job and lost all credibility. All credibility because I'm I was I was the fucking animal in the place now. I'm I was just another one of them black folks that they, they oh he's just angry. Oh, he just look at him. And I and I felt immediately bad after I saw all the white faces say that. And you you could they didn't even say it. You could look at them and tell. Just like oh okay I just I okay I quit because I just fucked up. I'm I'm not going anywhere here now. So let me just move on. I find myself oftentimes being stuck in that situation of being the black representative, especially since I'm in corporate America and I worked I've worked in technology all of my career. So oftentimes I'm in spaces where I'm the only black guy there. I've never had the situation where anybody asked me for permission to uh, say the N word. In fact, for the most part, I, I never experienced, you know, direct upfront racism of of any type, except this one kid who kept wanting to call me the HNIC all the time. That was about it. Uh, but I definitely understand that concept of 
unfair expectations. You know, especially at these companies, every time there was a new black person there, I definitely felt like their eyes will be like, hey, you've got to represent properly for us mm. <laughs> because you're the only you're the only representative we have in this particular area. You know, and now at the company where I'm at, I'm actually much more involved in um, doing work that's outside of my regular responsibilities. So I'm putting on events and uh, workshops and things of that nature that are geared specifically towards uh, black people working at the company. So in fact, for Black History Month, we had a panel of people that were that came together from uh, across the country to talk about how do you show up at work and embody the change that you want to see. And, and it's those situations where people see things like that, where I actually, to some degree, enjoy the heightened expectations because it's actually nice to be able to meet them, especially when they're coming from other black people. Anytime you're putting on those events where it's open to the entire company and you've got 200 people there, there's a heightened sense that black people really, really want to see it done well. They want to ensure that it's not ghetto, that it doesn't represent them poorly, that it's not something that's going to make it harder for other black people in the company. So when you're able to do things like that in a way that they appreciate, it is a special feeling. Going back to what you said, Jason, we have to work twice as hard. You have to keep our our tempers, our anger in check. We have to always come off as seeming less aggressive. And we have to do all that and reach all these expectations while at the same time getting paid less than most of the people around us. How do we uh, change that narrative? And Jason, I'll start with you. I'm personally honest with you. I've been doing this shit for a long time in a lot of different atmospheres. And Quite honestly, over the last few years, I've honestly just come to the I've come to the notion that I don't want to pretend for nobody no more. You know what I mean? I I'm, I'm gonna be me. No, no matter whatever it is, if if you want to say it's me because I'm black, or you want to just say it's me because hey, it's Jason, I'm gonna leave that up to you at this point. So I don't. I know that it's hard to sit back and say like you know, like I I believe in personal responsibility like to the utmost. And I understand that there are situations that I'm just going to be grouped in with people, regardless of whatever the case may be, whether it is because I'm black or because I'm fat or because I'm, I'm, I'm a new with a beard, whatever the case may be. I'm just going to be me regardless. And you just going to have to figure out who I am and how to deal with me or don't at the end of the day, because I, I feel like, especially in a work atmosphere, I'm coming to get my eight hours in so I can get the hell out of here. No, I don't think this job is more important than anything that I got going on, nor am I going to allow you to make this job more important than anything I got going on. You know, I think that's one of the big things that I've experienced over many years where it's like nobody else should take this job more seriously than me. Now, I don't know if that's because I was black or if it's just because that was the expectation that was put upon me. And I, 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 I worked a number of years with that thought process and all it did was stress me out. It just caused a whole lot of unwanted stress and it put me in situations where I was put into the wrong when I knew I was clearly right. So I just, I stopped. I just stopped caring about like, look, I'm, I'm coming to get my eight hours in. 
Uh, I got a family I got to come and take care of. I, if anything, I would like to spend more time with them. If I could just collect a paycheck, it'd be great. But uh, I don't I don't know how to break the stereotypes other than just do who you be who you are and do what it is that you love. That's the only thing I can understand. Don't 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 get caught up in other people's expectations because their expectations are usually involved in whatever it is that they're creating. Uh, there's a lot of us out here that I mean we a lot of folks in one that don't have no choice but to work for other people or work under somebody else's vision or somebody else's dream or something like that. If we start creating our own dreams, maybe if we start building our own stuff, maybe we ain't got to live up to everybody else's expectations. Maybe we can just build our own. And then we ain't got to worry about nobody fucking around and wondering whether or not we black or not or how we act or how I should act. I'm going to act how I want to act because I own it. Just like this. I get this platform and I get to act any kind of fool I want to. <laughs> Hudson, what about you, man? Uh, I mean, I think it's it's so difficult because, I mean, how do you go to somebody and say, stop working twice as hard, right? Because ultimately what you want is that, hey, I work harder, I get more rewards. That's what you ultimately want. And still, ultimately, I think that is true. We just don't get as many rewards as others do of, of different complexions. And that's the problem, right? So, I mean, I don't just want to turn around and say, hey, stop working twice as hard. Um, but what I do want to say is is research and see what you're actually worth. See what your, what's your actual value. Because, you know, a lot of us accept mediocre pay when we don't have to, right? And, and it took me a long time to learn that. You know, figure out what it is you're doing and make your case when it comes to view time. You know, make your case and, and let it be known. Um, when you're in situations where you feel like you're you're just you're just doing everything and you're getting nothing in return, and this is not just work in personal life. You know, get what you feel like you deserve. You know, and that and that's what you got to do. Um, I was in a situation for a while where where I I knew I was working harder than someone. I knew I was working better than someone, and in fact, I was their supervisor. I come to find out they are making like 50% more than me. And I'm sitting there like, Damn. and they, did, they didn't want me to see it. But when I became supervisor, they put their information under me. So now I saw all my people's salaries and they did not want me to see that. And boy, in, in, in less than a few days, they changed that around quick because they knew they had done something wrong there. And I was pissed. That's that bullshit right there. It is. It absolutely mm -hmm. is. And and you see situations every day where they were talking. I just saw on Facebook, I think it's, a, it's an older story, but about a black couple who went to get their home appraised. And, and, and the appraiser is giving them, they're like, there's something wrong with this number that, that the appraiser is giving. What you talking about. And, and then they went and pretended like it was a white couple putting it up for sale. Next thing you know, the appraiser gave them down there double. And said it was worth down there double. I mean, there are clear. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and <laughs> so it's like we we. I think what's going to help we have to educate ourselves on on what our market value is, and and we just need to go after it. And and if we keep doing that, then maybe that starts to help the needle. Because I don't want to tell people stop working hard. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to do that because I I don't think that's going to help anybody. 
it's not going to help them. It's not going to help anyone. So, so I, honestly, I don't know how to change this gap. It's just going to take a whole lot of time. Uh, first, it's definitely going to take a lot of time. First and foremost, you know, I take it from a corporate standpoint, right? Um, you have to be doing your job well. If you're not doing your job well, if you're not performing well, then nothing you say or do is really going to matter because everybody's going to know this is a person who's not really living up to snuff. But over beyond doing your job well, I absolutely agree with what Hudson said. You have to, as much as you can, demand your worth. Because when you allow these companies to undercut you and pay you significantly less than what the position is supposed to be paid, you set it up where they will continue to do that for every black person that comes to the door. That cycle will not change until more black people say, no, I know my credentials. I know the the kind of work that I do. You know it as well. That's why I'm sitting in this chair, even able to interview for this position and why you've accepted me for this role. You have to pay me accordingly. When you allow them to undercut you, you don't just harm yourself. You harm everybody who's going to come up behind you. But then on top of that, I also uh, wholeheartedly agree with what Jason said. You have to be willing to show up as yourself. If you get to that level and then essentially assimilate and try to mirror all the white people that are around you because you feel like that's what you have to do in order to maintain that position, again, you're not just hurting yourself. You're not just denying yourself. You are harming every single person that is going to come behind you, every single black person, every single minority person that's going to come behind you because you have now reinforced for these leaders, hey, we can pay black folks less. And that absolutely keeps the cycle intact. You have to be willing to challenge that. I just had a... It ain't part of the, it ain't it ain't in our questions or nothing like that, but it just popped in my head. Have you ever messed around, been working at a job, and it's only been you black, and they hire somebody else black, and all you doing is looking at them and judging them too? Yeah. Like, come Absolutely. on, dog. Like, don't come in doing that nigga shit. Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't do me like that. Don't do me like that. Came in here, I've been working my ass off. Here you come with this bullshit. Come on, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. I just, I'm just curious to know if it was a vice versa on that joint. I mean, I've I've had the experience of being the only black guy there. They hired another black guy on. That guy was more talented than me from an IT standpoint, without question. From a technical standpoint, the things he was doing, way beyond where I was then and way beyond where I am now, to be completely frank with you. But he was also a coke addict. And of Jeez. course, they didn't know that. They didn't know that before he hired well, him. Well, see, now that, now that is actually, now that's actually a plus right there. <laughs> and here's why. Because you're not, look, you're not expecting a black person to be a coke addict. Okay. You might think yeah, that's, crack. That's different. You might think heroin. But you're not expecting coke. So mm-hmm. you're actually getting some more diversity. <laughs> you're letting them see black people in a whole nother light now. So that actually might be beneficial. 
Okay. <laughs> It'd have been even better if he was hooked on painkillers and shit like that. that, that yes. <laughs> yes. That, yo, yo, that's definitely one way to look at it. Black folks coming up too, man. We're leaving crack behind. We got opioids. Going down. More. You, you hit it on the head. Y'all hit it on the head. We we have to, they just now started letting, letting black executives have braids. You know what I mean? And, and right. dreads. They just now started letting this happen. So you're right. We have to allow them to see many different types of black people for them to start getting those stereotypes out of their head. I work at a Fortune 500 company and one of the executives is a black woman and she wears her natural hair. And I've heard so many black women when they see her on live or when they see on the stage uh, comment on that and feel so happy about that. Um, I, I had the pleasure of having her on one of my panels and she talked about how, you know, comments have been made about her hair before when she was at those high level positions. And, you know, she had to weather those storms and figure out how do I handle this in a way that's productive for me, you know, and may, and ends with me still looking good and still able to continue on in my career. Um, and that brings me to the last thing that I wanted to bring up, you know. You're doing your job well. You're demanding the, the the pay that you actually deserve. And you are functioning in that role as yourself, not trying to assimilate into the culture that you believe you must be assimilated into in order to keep that role. On top of all that, you have to actually be willing to use your voice. You have to actually be willing to mentor other other minority people so that they to help them get to those same levels. You have to be willing to attend uh, uh, events or workshops that are specific that specifically revolve around black people where they're trying to come together and figure out how do we deal with all these hurdles that are placed in front of us in the workplace. That's why I talk about these events that I put on and what I'm doing. It's all about trying to give black people tools so that they can reach the levels that they're actually trying to get to. And the, the woman that I referenced, she was more than happy to participate in those type of events, to use her voice all the way up from the top and say, hey, here are some of the things that you all are going through that I went through as well. Here's how I dealt with these type of issues. Take some of what I did, make it your own, and hopefully you're going to be at the same level as well in a few years. We have to have people at that level willing to reach back down, reach back out and say, hey, I want to help you all. I want to lift you all up. It can't be, oh, I've succeeded and now I'm just happy and I'm just going to be by myself. That doesn't break a cycle. It might be good for you. But if we're talking about how do we change the narrative and break the cycle, that's what's going to be required. Yeah. So let's switch gears a little bit. Um, you know, there's this need for, you know, black people to be perfect, black people to excel and do everything above and beyond. But at the same time, Black people get mad if anyone criticizes black folk, especially other black people. Can we explain this contradiction, Hudson? I'll start with you. You know, I, I, it's it's such a weird thing that that we we got to be perfect, but you, but I I can't criticize you. It, it's weird. It's it's I I don't know where it comes from or how it works. Like you can. It's like you criticize only certain people, but then some people you could criticize some of the time, but not other times. Or you can criticize them about this, but not that. 
or or in some cases you can criticize them in front of white people but in this case you can't criticize them in front of white people like there's so many rules to it that i don't understand and everyone's got a different set it's like every single black person has a different set and it's not and 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 I think at, at some point in time, I've almost heard every black person I know at some point in time do a version of this. And 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 it's like it's it's there is no explaining it. It's unexplainable. It, you know, and and the end goal is what I try to ask people is what is your purpose here? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish with this? Because if we go back to our very first example. <laughs> that we talked about when we opened the show where me and Jason were going at this about the coming to America. This is a prime example of we got people who who want to criticize the show. And then you got people who are hating the criticizers, right? Now you do have some people who just straight up hating, and there is a difference. But and and if you hate on the haters, I, I really don't care about that. Like that you know, but but the people who are criticizing, your personal business. you know, the people who are criticizing, why do you hate people who criticize? Like, what is the goal of not trying? Aren't we supposed to put each other, push each other forward? And does, isn't that what constructive criticism does? Right. So I, Eddie Murphy ain't came out and said and said, I don't like all this hate and y'all need to stop it right now. So why are you on top of it? Why are you <laughs> coming at these folk like this? I don't get it. So I can't explain it. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird for me because on the one hand, I definitely agree with everything you said. And I see this tendency for for some folks, whenever they feel like black folks are being criticized, even if it's by other black people, they just jump in and say, how dare you? And tell you about yourself, yada, yada, yada. But I enjoy seeing Black people standing up for other Black people. And so there is a part of me, when I see that, I'm like, I do I do appreciate that you care enough. That you're like, hey, this is a piece of, of Black content or this is a Black person. I don't want to see them slandered or disrespected. And therefore, <laughs> I'm going to jump in and make it clear, I don't appreciate what you're doing <laughs> because this is not what I like to see. I understand that Jason has a completely different way of looking at this. I can tell by his face. Go ahead, sir. By all means. <laughs> if you made shit, stand by your shit. If it's shit, it's shit. I'm sorry. Look, I can understand. If there were the criticism behind this was it was too many black people on the screen. Oh, yeah, we hate Eddie Murphy because he's black. Why we gotta have all these black faces? I I hadn't heard any criticism of that nature. When I when I heard people talk about this movie, it was it, and I, I'll take it from my standpoint. I thought the writing was trash. I thought the concept was trash. I thought the plot was trash. It was like they threw some shit up on the screen. And then you threw in a couple funny moments because I sit here and tell you this. There were maybe two or three spots where, yeah, I giggled. But if I'm paying money to go to a movie, I want to go to a movie that I'm going to enjoy. Now, when I go to that movie, 
There is that it, it's a flip of the fucking coin whether or not I'm going to enjoy the damn thing. It's not a flip of the coin if I'm going to enjoy it because there's too many black people on the screen, or because I, it was a black writer, or because it was a black director. I I I call you shitty if you make a shitty movie, regardless of the color of your skin. This shit sucked, as far as I was concerned. If I went to a movie and spent my money on this, because I'd probably get some popcorn, I'd probably get me a drink. I sneak in some food because that's what I usually do when I go to the movie theater. But at that point, I didn't spend some money. Now I work hard for my money. Now, if you can't handle the criticism behind a movie that you decide that you're going to direct, because the only purpose behind getting movies done is to make money. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's not get, let's not get it twisted. Yeah. You can appreciate Eddie Murphy bringing in all these black folks. That's great. I love to see it. I'm glad black folks is working. That's awesome. I don't give a fuck about that. I want to see a good movie. I want to see a good movie. I want to sit down and have good food at a restaurant. I want to fuck around. And I want to. Have, I want to be entertained when I go someplace for entertainment. That's what I'm paying my dollar for. I'm not necessarily looking at who's doing it, but if I see black people doing it, it encourages me because it says, "Hey, look at that! Look at my people doing some things, and they doing it the right way." That's awesome. Great. But if you suck, you need to ha- you need to have some form of temperament in order to be able to hand the criticism. And these people and whatnot that clearly have no argument on how to say that why this movie was so good, because that's what they all seem to do. They they seem to jump on this tangent of oh y'all always putting y'all foot on the back of a black man's neck. What that shit got to do with anything? You are. You are. <laughs> you son of a what that shit got to do with any goddamn thing? If the movie is terrible, it's fucking terrible. I've watched white movies that were terrible. I've watched Mexican, I've watched Latino movies that were terrible. Do it, man. Am I putting my foot on the black of white people's necks, too? I'm going to tell you Jason lied. I'm going to tell you where Jason lied. He said he only giggled a few times. Here's how I know he lied. You can't tell me that when Leslie Jones grabbed that candle and started wiping her, <laughs> wiping the smell from her vagina <laughs> towards Eddie Murphy in that scene, you can't tell me you ain't get on the floor busting up like a mother. <laughs> that was funny as hell. You can't tell me you didn't. Come on, now. <laughs> I didn't understand the purpose. I was confused by the whole concept and plot of the movie. How in the fuck did this dude who renounced all women to leave his country to go find the woman of his dreams out of nowhere. Fuck some random chick. Random chick who got him high. So essentially, he got raped. He got raped. He was raped and had a kid. We will do a separate video where we actually review the movie. And that's fine. And we'll go go through all that. (laughs) But my whole point being, and my whole point on this is being, if it, it people have been making movies since the turn of the damn century, there've been critics. There've been there are tons of people out here who criticize movies for what they are. I, I've never heard anybody criticize the movies like oh, oh all these black people. Ugh. I haven't heard that. Those people, those people don't watch those movies. So we everybody on the show knows that all racism is not upfront. Some of it is internalized. And so my question becomes, yes, uh, you might also feel like other movies that are not black are also poor. But the question becomes, 
Do you feel motivated when you see those movies to jump on social media and tell everybody, you know, this movie sucked. It was horrible. It was trash. Why? Why did they bother making it? Because I see a whole lot of people online who are basically saying that about coming to America that don't talk about any other damn movies. And so my and so from my perspective, it goes back once again to those expectations of black content where you had these expectations that this had to be a classic and it wasn't a classic. And so now I've got to tell everybody that this is trash and it's horrible and that nobody should go see it. But if you saw a white comedy or you saw just another comedy in general that for whatever reason trash black people Nobody's as motivated to call out those movies, but it's specifically when it's content that black people control that all of a sudden I see this avalanche of folks who want everyone to know this is horrible. Nobody should see this. Yeah. That, that you're telling me you've never seen time. anybody else? Wait, wait. So we're talking about so we're talking about people who I just got real confused. So we're talking about people who don't normally comment about movies? And I'm because they about- commented about this particular movie and because black people were involved, clearly it's because of the black people why they didn't like it? Or because no, they just didn't not, like the movie? That's not what, what I think what Samori's trying to get at is that people, it's just like with the restaurants. People are quick to get on and say, I don't want to go to this black owned restaurant. But if they had a bad, uh, they, they have a bad experience at Red Lobster down the street. They don't just get on social media and start talking about Red Lobster. Like that happens a lot less than when it's a, it's it's involving a black owned or a black done but, done thing. But 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 the problem with thinking about that though is is most of the stuff is advertised for that though. So anytime like I see comments about folks that talk about black owned and black owned this, I see just as much. I see as many trailers and I see as just as much advertisement pushing the fact that it's black owned. Mm-hmm. So at that point, doesn't it deserve the criticism? If if you're willing to push the fact that this movie was made by all black people, it was produced black people, black, black, come and come to my restaurant, I'm black owned, support black businesses. And when people criticize that, doesn't, doesn't that come with that? You're either going to get the accolades for it or you're going to get the criticism. It's not a problem that it gets And what do it matter if it's somebody who doesn't normally do it? If you're pushing it towards someone and they don't like it and they make a comment about it, why does that make them a horrible person? It doesn't matter. It's not a problem that they criticize it. It's that they don't criticize shit else. Just because the other restaurants don't advertise that they're white-owned, they're still advertising. Come to my restaurant because it's good, you know. So well, yeah, so because they've all owned it for the longest time. Bad, why don't you get on, jump on social media and trash them just as quick as you're going to trash the black-owned place? And but you can like, say the same just, thing. On, 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 on. And just like you just said earlier, people who make movies, their whole purpose is to make money. Period. So no, they may not come right. out and say they may not come out and say this is black content and that black people are running this, but they absolutely want you to come see their movie. Marvel right. Avengers doesn't say, hey, it's all black people running this, but they put Falcon in there in the hopes that black people would see some representation and would come out and patron their movie. So it was a big deal with Black Panther, though. They did that with Black Panther. 
Absolutely. And but they, they pushed this all, but they pushed that hard. Right. So when but they got comments about creators, it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All content creators want people, all people, to come out and buy their content. They may choose different avenues for how to advertise it, but what I'm saying is just because something doesn't call itself Black-owned does not mean it is not targeting Black people and trying to get Black people to come out and see it. But when you... But yet, but yet it's only for Black-owned content, Black-owned businesses, that it seems like there's a swell of, of criticism and, oh my God, this is so terrible. It's a representation on all Black people. Don't support it. Yes. It's only when it's yes. a black owned piece Some of more. content that I see that. Some more, you just hit it right there. It's a bad representation of they got the burden of, of holding up the entire race <laughs> off of their restaurant. Because right. all of a sudden they are a bad representation of the entire race. And and people I mean, so here, let's 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 flip the whole conversation. Let's change the whole conversation. Let's say it's not about uh coming to America. Let's say that it's about SJH Man Cave. Right. Somebody comes along and says, yo, this show, hot gorilla ass is absolutely stupid. And I don't see why anybody should watch this show. Would that be criticism to you or would it be or would they be hating on us? If somebody came on and told me my show was hot gorilla ass. Well, first of all, I tell them to go kiss a hot gorilla's ass. But I mean, at the end of the day, you, you have your opinion. So I'm, I mean, shit. I'm I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm like that shit in real life. Some motherfuckers just don't fuck with me, and that's just what it is. And then I I fucked around and I I got with two brothers and decided to put my voice out over there, and am trying to make a living at doing it. So I have to have expectations that there are going to be people who are not going to like what I have to say. Some motherfuckers might not even like my voice. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I came into it with that expectation. So. Do I think it's hating? I think there's a level to it where it could be called hating, depending on what you do. At the end of the day, I mean, if it's, if you just if your comments is you know, hey, your show's just not that interesting, and the stuff y'all talk about, I'm just not into. Hey, I get that. Hey, maybe maybe three daddies ain't about shit you want. Maybe maybe you buy something totally different, and that's okay. That that you are perfectly fine to, to think that way, and you're perfectly fine to tune in or not to. But if you hate me because I'm a fat nigga and shit with a beard and, you know, saying you don't like coons talking on the radio because you think we should all still be in pens or something like that. <laughs> that's that's a whole nother level <laughs> at that point. So, well, I mean, the thing is, it's not that's not criticism. So it, it definitely ain't criticism because well, how am I supposed to work on my show that way? Like you tell me it's mm. hot gorilla ass. Mm-hmm. What, what the hell do I do with that? Mm. Oh, I can say, oh, okay. Uh, um, well, I, I, I didn't think either of us looked like hot gorilla ass. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about gorilla ass. I don't particularly think of gorilla's ass as hot. So, Stop you know, gorilla ass. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, so, so, uh, I mean, my thing is when you say something about anything what what's your purpose because my purpose here to to even listen to you say something about our show is is to get information on how i can make the show better and and how do i earn your viewership how do i earn that 
That's my purpose to even listen to you. And if you come to me and tell me hot gorilla ass, well, you've given me nothing. I don't I don't know what part of it. I don't know if you like none of it, if you like don't like some of it, if there's something that works for you, if there's a bunch that don't. I don't know what you think could make it better. You've given me nothing. And so it sounds just like hating to me. That's what it sounds like. And it mm-hmm. sounds like you're just trying to discourage me from, from moving forward. That's what it sounds like to me. So at the end of the day, maybe it is we're just not your cup of tea. But but if you tell me hot gorilla ass, have a nice day. Cause cause obviously you mm-hmm. you have nothing real to say. You know, you you've given me no reason whatsoever to, to think it's hot gorilla ass. So maybe you just don't like like my eyebrows. I don't know. At that point, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, your uh, your answer makes me think. You know, should we care one way or another when when people criticize um, a piece of content that you've created? And I feel like the answer should be no. I think you there should be some level of dispassion about the the response and the critique that you get on your content because at the end of the day, first and foremost, you have to remain true to yourself and what you're trying to create. But at the same time, you have to be open to criticism that might be difficult for you to listen to. And so I think it overall requires the ability to step back. You know, I have my own YouTube channel and I have a a video on there that has, it's got about a couple of thousand views right now. There's a bunch of people who gave it a thumbs down, hated some of the things that I said and put in the comments, I think you, I think you're stupid and this is the reason why and blah, 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 blah. And I think it's been a great experience for me because when I read that stuff and I think about it, I'm like, what I said was true to how I feel and I wouldn't change it at all. So you're welcome <laughs> to feel however you want to. Thanks for watching. Thanks for providing your feedback, but I'm going to continue doing the same thing. But you have to be you know, comfortable enough with what you're creating to understand when something is consistent with who you are and what you want to continue doing it, or some real legitimate criticism has been provided and maybe you should change what you were doing. Jason, any thoughts? Which is why I'm pretty sure Eddie Murphy, you ain't heard a word from Eddie Murphy or anybody else. I'm pretty sure somewhere along the line, this is going to be hit or miss with a whole lot of people, especially nowadays when when you're looking at how movies are being made, especially during this pandemic right now. Look like the majority of these movies are dealing with either low budgets and are just kind of just kind of putting some shit together they can put on HBO Max or put on Amazon Prime. These movies are not good. They really are not. And they've been pushing them out for the last year. Or at least the ones that they can. That is one legitimate criticism that I 100% agree with. And I don't understand how it's possible. First of all, coming to America to absolutely comes off as a direct to TV type of movie mm-hmm. to me. It does not come off as a movie that was actually meant for the movie theater. That's crazy to me considering how big coming to America was mm-hmm. uh, and, and still is for a lot of people. I definitely think it's one of the greatest comedies ever made. And then two, I was reading this article about the budget for the movie and they said when you count inflation, there was actually the budget allowed for this movie was actually less than the budget that was allowed for his the original looked coming like to it. America. Again, it looked like it. How? It looked just like it. How? How did you 
take this movie that is considered a classic. Many people consider the best movie Eddie Murphy ever made. How do you go cheap on the sequel? And made it a low budget, straight to video. And that's you see, you you said it's, it's why I didn't like it. I don't like them straight to video, them straight to videotape movies. Them things, right. it's like they make them in their basement or something like that. Like they just they they put whatever they put together. They feel like nostalgia helped bring it together. And if you throw in a couple of fucking jerk off jokes and shit from time to time involved, you think you'll get it through. And then because of the pandemic and the way these movies come out on Netflix and everything else, they make them seem like these these, these blockbusters. They pay they right. got the money to pay these big time actors, but the rest of the movie clearly is shit. Hmm. Well, uh, you know, so, I mean, I'll answer part of that. I'll answer part of that. So part of that mm-hmm. is is if they're keeping up to COVID rules, right? If they're keeping up to that, uh, these movies are working with half the staff they normally would. Now, mm-hmm. no matter what, you're going to miss that. Because some of those roles are inflated where you got, you know, there, there's always a joke that, you know, you got five people going to take down one court, you know. But, but whenever you are missing half your staff, uh, that you would normally have, you're gonna feel that, and and you you might not know how to adjust, especially right away. Now if they have to continue mm-hmm. working like this for another couple of years or a few years down the line. They'll get used to it and they'll start figuring it out. But I would imagine that they they just don't quite have it. I think they even started this movie like before the whole pandemic even rolls up. And then they had to finish it, you know, after after this whole pandemic started. So they were probably going through a lot of different stuff. Now, as far as I the, thought they finished shooting before the pandemic started. I didn't think they did. I certainly I thought hope they not. spent <laughs> I swear that they spent because they had to spend about I, I I feel like they did because they had to spend a long time shopping this movie around, figuring out who was going to take it. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll look into. I'll look at that actually. But I swear they finished filming. Like if it wasn't before the pandemic, it was like right around the beginning. Long enough where the 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 lower budget makes no sense to me. I, I don't get it. That shit was made but, to be straight to video. You could tell <laughs> every little bit of that shit was. It was fucking mm-hmm. terrible. You might as well just go watch <laughs> All Dogs Go to Heaven 2 then, too, while you're at it. <laughs> I mean, goddamn. <laughs> Shit. So let's circle this conversation back around. Um, we want to be absolutely clear that we are always open to criticism here on Exchange Bad Cave. We are trying to be the absolute best show that we can be. So healthy criticism and ways we can improve, always uh, open to that. But if you come in, at us with hating, be prepared to receive back the exact same energy that you give us. I want to end this with a, a, a little game, little scenarios of hate or don't hate. I'm going to give different scenarios of things that are related to black people. And I want you guys to say, if we as black people are allowed to hate this and keep our black card, a lot of people will pull in folks black card for hating coming to America too. <laughs> Can you hate this oh and keep your black card? Or no, this is this is not allowed for black people to hate. Uh let's start with black people who do white shit, like camping or skydiving and get hurt. 
Hate or don't hate? Hudson, I'll start with you. Hate them motherfuckers. Hate them. Hate them. <laughs> really? Hate them. Look. Look, man. It's some white shit. And you, and you, you get eaten by a bear. Come on now. I'm going to talk about your ass. And so is most of the black community. You know. You know they going to get. You know. Right as soon as the people start posting, hey, you know, I want to honor this person who just who had just passed, got eaten by a bear while camping. You know, you know, black Twitter's gonna go off. Why the fuck were they out there camping with bears? You know that's what's gonna happen. So, no, hate them, hate them. That's not fair, man. Because you only talk about hating them and shit if they get ate by a bear. Come on, now, it's been plenty of people that went out camping. It was just fine. I'd have been camping. It, it just it's okay. You don't always got to go where where bears are. You can just go out to the woods somewhere. You ain't got to go to. Now nah, I'm not going out into a mountain. I got I had plenty of white people invite me out to the mountains and shit when I was living in Vegas. And I said hell no. That's the first way. To, that's the first place black folk die. Jason. But come on, man. You can't you can't hate on nobody because they go camping, man. Everybody don't get hit by a bear. We black folks go fishing all the time. No, don't hate. Mm-hmm. Jason, that's just criticism. Don't get ate by the bear. You get bitten by a snake. You get you get you get bit by this random ass bug. Where you going? (laughs) No, either way, you get you get a bunch of mosquito bites. They're gonna say you shouldn't have took your black ass out there. That's what they're gonna tell you. Oh please, as as much off as black people keep. Come on, man. Ain't nobody getting bit by no mosquitoes. I get I get hosed down with off before I leave to go to the park. Okay, so with my kids. Don't hate. I concur. I don't hate it. All right. It's always a little weird to be a little off, but I don't hate it. And I'm certainly not going to be laughing at, at posts about people who died from it. Hudson, you and the rest of the folks on Black Twitter is a special breed. <laughs> if y'all black and y'all going camping, just make sure don't nothing happen to you. Otherwise, Hudson going to hate on you. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know they're going to do it. <laughs> Next. Black people who get money and then completely forget about the neighborhood they come from. Forget about the hood. Jason, hate or don't hate? I'm kind of you torn. You count as one of them? Ain't you one of them? I don't know. Do I count? Because I ain't getting no money. I just left. <laughs> I just, I just, shit. I, you know. I'm still broke. <laughs> I'm broke as hell. But I'm just making what I can so I can stay over here where these white people are. I don't know, man. Ooh, that's a hard one, Jack. I, I don't. I, I'd hate to be hated on because I'm I'm in the suburbs. I can't front, <laughs> but I like it out here. The schools is nice. You know, the white and people you came know from me. The wild hundreds, you know what I'm saying? You come from the wild yeah, hundreds all the way to the suburbs. If you've seen the wild oh, hundreds no. lately, oh my god! I mean, <laughs> I, no, y'all y'all would call me every day and be like, "Nigga, why are you still here? What are you doing?" <laughs> I still call people that still live over there from time to time. Like, you need to move. Seriously. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you still there? Sell that damn house for that, that $14 you're going to get for it and move the fuck <laughs> on. And so I, assume, I, I, I assume you are don't hate them. I'm going to just say I take the criticism. I don't don't hate on them. It's, <laughs> not, not, not the one that I ain't got no money. The ones with money, y'all y'all donate something so y'all don't get hate on. <laughs> Hudson, what about hate you? Hate them motherfuckers. Look, hate them. Look, <laughs> look. You go, you make yourself yourself a little bit of scratch, and, and all you do is take your mama out. Maybe, 
and you leave everybody else behind. Okay. You don't even <laughs> talk to them no more. Come on now. You know, all them, all them ball players, they done left. They done got taken care of by the hood for all that time, trying to keep them out of trouble so that they can go play their little basketball, and then they go and get millions. They don't even do no projects back in the hood. They barely any of them go. Half of them go and build community centers in their white neighborhoods instead of coming back and building a community center in the one that they grew up in and that they learned how to ball in. And half of them wouldn't be where they were unless they balled against them dudes because if they balled in that white neighborhood, they would have just handed them the ball. They'd have got no defense. And you know them white folk can't play as good. So, so they, they went played against the tough competition in the hood and don't show no love to them? Nah, hate them. Hey, man, it's a difference between playing in the hood and playing in a white court, okay? Tougher in the hood means the niggas are shooting at you in the middle of the game, okay? As opposed to going to play white folks where they just play defense. What better totally way to get clutch? What better way to get shot at? <laughs> That's the best way? Watching out for good wow. shots as you're trying to dunk? Okay, you, all right. You think you ain't got concentration I'm gonna... on that last second shot? Because you was dealing with gunshots. I'm going to give yeah, <laughs> the wishy-washy answer for this and say that I'm kind of in between. On one level, I really hate it because I feel like that's part of the reason our neighborhoods are in the shape they're in right now. Everybody who makes it, quote unquote, gets a good job, is kind of is steady on at least some level, leaves. They leave. And oftentimes they're looking for a neighborhood where they can live around a bunch of white folks and then they post up there, they spend all their money there, and they do very little to try to help the areas that they come from. But on the other level, I understand that <laughs> being someone who's known for doing well in these neighborhoods can be a death sentence. <laughs> it can make you a marked target. People are getting shot out here all the time. People are getting hit up for money all the time because they know, oh, he's the one with the good job. You know, so on that level, it's very hard for me to try to really, really hammer those folks and criticize them because I'm like, I understand you got real serious reasons for breaking ties. It's not no you, small thing. You did all that work to get out the damn hood. I mean, that's what most motherfuckers say, man. You need to keep playing ball so you can get up out of here. That's all the fuck they talk about. I mean, that, that's, how, that's the whole goddamn point. Keep balling so you can get the fuck out. Well, then what you supposed to do? Get the fucking... You, you, you sign a fucking $160 million contract with a $40 million signing bonus, and you're going to buy a house on your old block? You getting robbed the first night you move in. What differences are you making living in the hood? Ain't nobody says keep living in there. Ain't nobody said going back and getting pookie. <laughs> On the block, who's shooting up the block? I'm saying go back for Tyrone, who all he needed was some money to go to college and help his ass out. <laughs> Tyrone should have balled exactly. like me then, got that damn scholarship like Tyrone, I did, because I ain't had no money to go. Tyrone probably tutored your dumbass so that you could stay eligible to play ball. Tyrone got shot stay on the court, and it ended his career. Tyrone got shot in the hip, because I was paying attention when them niggas rolled up, and he wasn't. And he got shot, and I didn't. So why, I made it out. Why is Sorry, Tyrone. School, why is your high school coach still shopping at Walmart for his basketball shorts? 
your high school coach should, should be able to get something from teaching your ass how to play the game the right way in the first damn place. Why are your high hey, school man. coach still struggling? Why? Basketball Moving coach, on. high school coach <laughs> made wrong decisions way before I showed up, player. Wow. <laughs> hey. Moving, moving on to the next scenario. <laughs> Black people who do cosmetic surgery, especially skin bleaching like Michael Jackson or Sammy Sosa. Hudson, hate or don't hate? Hate them motherfuckers. Hate them. Oh, my God. Hate them. Dude. <laughs> Look here. You a hateful individual. Yes, Look, here. Tonight, eh? <laughs> Look here. Dog. What, what, we don't do plastic surgery. Black don't crack until we do that plastic surgery. Okay, that's when it starts cracking. That's facts. Okay, we are beautiful. I'm, I'm gonna say, don't nobody should be. My dad always told me, do not go under the knife voluntarily. <laughs> you only go under it <laughs> if you have to. <laughs> All the other shit's unnecessary. <laughs> okay, you could die from a nose job. Don't do it. Okay. So there ain't no reason to. And, and we talk about the likes of Michael Jackson and, and Sammy Sosa, who virtually turned themselves white. Uh, you know, in a scary white at that. Like, they look scary. I'm sorry. Have you seen the picture of Sammy Sosa lately? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> yeah, Sammy was on a whole... I don't know what Sammy on. I, that's, some, that's some whole other shit. I, I can't even comment on that shit. That boy, Pink. Ain't he white? He pink. <laughs> he look, he looks salmon to me and shit. That's what he look like. And you tell me you don't hate hate that? or don't hate Jason. Hey, uh, say it. Hey, <laughs> say hate. Well, the whole cosmetic surgery thing for black folks, I never really understood it in the first place. Like it's, I guess it was kind of hate them because like some of it don't even need it. I don't get it. Like I get the whole personal identification and how you feel about yourself, but. Some of these folks, like, what was, who was, wasn't that Lil' Kim? Like, Lil' Kim went, to, I don't know what the fuck was wrong with Lil' Kim. Like, I wish she'd have went and talked to a therapist or some shit like that. Because she went and she completely destroyed her fucking face. Yeah. And the rest of these motherfuckers that's out here getting these injections in their asses and all this other shit, that shit is depressing. It really is. It looks so crazy. It sounds like you're hate. I'm going to say like hate. hate. Yeah. Category. I, I I haven't I haven't noticed too many other people to do the whole bleaching of the skin thing other than Sammy and I still I still think Mike was just turning a little white because of the uh because of his uh what what was it he was sleeping in the uh the bariatric machine no his his uh his his time capsule he used to sleep in they used to talk about it. his hyperbolic chamber that's what it was. That's no what they say. Yeah, they used he to say he had a hyperbolic chamber. Yeah, they say he had a hyperbolic chamber, and that's why his skin was turning white because he had Vilago. <laughs> Isn't that the shit that uh, Goku used to become <laughs> Super Saiyan in Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> 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 I saying, like, the, like the literally, no gravity. <laughs> <laughs> that's what folks said. Like, like seriously, that was the concept. Like he has his own little chamber he sleeps in because he had Vilago. And the Villalago just superseded all the skin because the, the, the machine didn't work the way it was supposed to work or something. I don't know. It was supposed to keep him alive. They said all kind of crazy shit about Michael Jackson. They said all kind of crazy shit about Michael Jackson. <laughs> I I hate it. I hate it absolutely. <laughs> Little Kim, a great example. She was fine <laughs> as hell when she was younger. She, she destroyed all that. 
to the point that she looks she's scared to watch sometimes, bro. <laughs> Absolutely scared to watch. Um, Wendy Williams is another one. When you look at young pictures and video of Wendy Williams, she was beautiful. She was a beautiful, really, really good looking woman. And she went under the knife so many times. It just it, it destroyed all of that. Uh, I disagree with you. I think Michael Jackson peeled his skin purposefully. <laughs> he definitely messed up his nose. All, and again, Michael Jackson was a good looking dude. And like Hudson said, with black people, it's different. Like white folks, it, it's just it's just a fact. They the age wears on their faces quicker than it does black people. Mm. Black people, for the most part, as long as you at least on some level taking care of yourself, you age better. Why are you take getting under the knife again and again and again? Nicki Minaj, same deal. Like she has, she has doesn't look all messed up yet, but she will mm-hmm. give it a few years, and she's gonna look exactly the same as a little Kemp. Did she do the same thing? I know sure. she did the butt thing because you know she got that that butt to leg ratio that looked fucking oh, stupid. Looks you know how I they do that. They- Oh, yeah, they get all sorts of little alterations because they're constantly searching for perfection uh, that is that doesn't exist. I didn't know she was doing yeah. anything to her face yet. I thought she was still the same in the face. But look at pictures of when she first started out, bro. She looks completely different. Sounds about right. Completely different. You have no. to because no, once you do to your I hate cheeks it. and your cheeks stay in the same <laughs> spot for the rest of your life, you can't <laughs> let your forehead start drooping. So then you got to do your forehead to keep that up. <laughs> And then you get the double chins. You can't let that happen. So <laughs> you got to keep getting them touch-ups. Black people who don't like or eat fried chicken or sweet potato pie. Oh, you can hate them motherfuckers. What's wrong with <laughs> you? <laughs> I hate anybody that don't like that shit. Fuck wrong with y'all. That shit is wonderful. <laughs> Best food on the fucking planet. Shit. What's wrong with you? I'm going to have to say don't hate because I don't like pot- sweet potato pie. Oh, hey, this one. I like fried God. chicken, but I don't like sweet potato I pie. I got fucking some more was going to come with that yep. shit. Yep. <laughs> I, I, haven't even, I haven't even bothered to slice it to some sweet potato pie in years. Like, even if there are no other desserts, if I see that sweet potato pie, I'm going to just have no dessert then. <laughs> I thought I <laughs> it's knew just you. Whack. You, know, whack. you know why I hate them? Hudson, em. what's your thought you know, on it? I hate them. Obviously, I hate them. You know why I hate them? Because I think most of them are lying. I think most of them are lying. And they're saying they don't like fried chicken to try to try to cover up. You know, the, you know those folks try to be overly healthy. Uh, I, I like bean sprouts. Right. That's my favorite dish. No, fuck off. <laughs> Nobody likes bean sprouts. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes kale. Stop, stop lying and saying you like it. Just say you're trying to eat healthy. Just say that. But don't, don't mm-hmm. tell me you don't like fried chicken. Do not tell me that. You're, 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 you're telling me a lie. I, I, I know it right off the bat. You can't tell me you don't like it. You're lying. Last, but certainly not least, uh, Hudson, I'll start with you. Black Republicans, oh, hate or don't hate? Hate them motherfuckers. <laughs> hate them with all your might. <laughs> did hate you them. really hate everything on this list? He, he you really did. are everything you got. <laughs> Because look here, you know. Oh man! Look here, Republicans have a clear agenda, and and they don't care how racist you are, how sexist you are. They will come one, come all. You know, they want you in their party. They've done nothing to stop the racist rhetoric. They've done nothing to clean out their base of all the racism and hate 
that's going through there. So any black person that goes to the, I'm fine if you're conservative in nature, but to feel like you have to vote Republican is beyond me. And it's clear that, that you just do not. Now, if you're going to put party above, uh, above your, your integrity, your morals, no, that's a done deal for me. I hate jazz. I hate everything you're about. Fuck you and the clicky claim. Click you claim. Jason, yeah, that, how do you feel? That's some sincere, like just complete confusion and hate for your own fucking not, not only for yourself, but for your own damn race. Like I feel the same way Hudson is like if if you can honestly walk into a Republican convention, if you can walk in, what was that shit just passed? CPAP? If you if you can go there as a black person and walk out without punching about 10, 12 people in their motherfucking mouth, I'm sorry, dog. That shit. You you literally went if 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 God was watching and we was on some Bible shit, they he literally would have fucked around and sent a flood for CPAP. They had a golden fucking Trump sitting out front, for Christ's sake. And if you black and you went in that shit and you clapped once. Uh, dog, you lost your black card forever. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, uh, that, that's, that's a big hate for me. Honestly, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Because when I look at it, I feel like a lot of people who are black Republicans, they're pretending that it's about morals and that they feel like the Republicans are on the side of right and all that kind of stuff. But really, it's because they got money. They got money and they don't want to be taxed more and they don't want their money taken away. They know Republicans are all about letting rich folks keep their money. And so they side with these folks and stand up for them and and, and support them. And so to me, it's hard to hate something that I don't even feel like is real. You know, it'd be one thing if y'all was really sitting up here saying and really, truly believe Trump was the greatest president of all time. Really, truly believe that these conservative values help everybody. But I know you don't. I know you don't. And I know this because I talk to you people in private and your perspectives are totally contrary to this nonsense that you're putting out on social media and that you're saying publicly. And so it's it's like for me, I, I find it difficult to hate something that I just look at. and I know it's not real. It's not based on anything real. Uh, so I I don't hate these folks. I feel sorry for them. I, I think you should hate them even so... more if that's the case. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> are y'all seeing the transition in our age group, though? Because we're, we're coming up on the age where more and more are starting to turn conservative. Because, I mean, you hear it every day in the rhetoric. Mm-hmm. When, when we were growing up in the 80s, it wasn't like this. Mm-hmm. So, so that that's mm-hmm. conservative talk, and so we're we're starting to see the transition where people in our age group are starting to turn toward the Republican Party, and it and it scares me. It scares me. So I think that's true, but when I look at that, what you laughing about, Jason? I'm trying to start shit. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like. Uh, you know, to some degree, I agree with what you're saying. And I see what people like, you know, Candace Owens and some of the uh, some of the rest of what they're doing. But I don't know when I she was a fucking fluke. 
That shit was nah. like a fucking a, 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 a what do they call it? A divergence in like nature. Like she nah. just appeared for a short moment. Her shit is flat. Nah, bro. Seriously. Her show. Her show gets hundreds of thousands of views. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure audience. she's still relevant to them. But on a on a grand scale, she's not even commentary anymore. She's relevant to Black Republicans. She she just a couple of months ago, she was in this huge online debate with Cardi B. Like you, she, when she says things, people pay attention. It's just a fact. It just is what it is. Obviously, the motherfuckers who agree with what she's saying. And everybody who Cardi B don't agree with what she's saying. Cardi B is all the way on the other side and felt like uh, Candace Owens has a big enough platform that she had to respond when she put out things that Cardi B felt strongly about. Cardi B is someone with millions of followers, bro. Like you gotta, you gotta have a real platform for her to feel like, yo, I need to respond to you. Candace Owens has pretty much solidified herself as leader of the black Republicans. And I don't see any other uh, black Republicans that are really, that really even come close. I thought after she had that ugly white baby and whatnot, that she pretty much was dismissed. I, I pretty the black much Republicans are, are the white folks got to talking about her people. ass for the longest time. Some of them conservatives turned on her. Not really. All the, of the black people who turned on her were the ones. Who I'm not talking about the black people. Side. I'm talking about the white uh-huh. people. I'm talking about the white Republicans turned on her ass. She lost a lot of nah. her base with the white Republicans. Nah. She nah. did, bro. I'm telling you. These, these, uh, bro, I'm seeing the numbers for what her show's doing. It's rising. <laughs> there was no drop, bro. There's no drop. Let me fall back from what she had, but go ahead. I, I, I see. So I see her influence and the influence of people like her. And I understand that there are some young people and just black people in general that see the content and are drawn to it and in turn drawn to the Republican Party. But at the end of the day, I believe the real fault lies with the Democratic Party. I am a person who sees the Republican Party for what it is does not believe it works for black people, does not believe it's to our advantage to vote for these people. But at the same time, I can't provide a compelling reason for why black people should support the Democratic Party agenda. That's a problem. It just flat out is. So I feel like a lot of black folks feel like they're stuck. A lot of folks feel like there's nobody who's really fighting for them, which makes it even easier for them to fall into the trap of supporting the the Republican Party. If the Democratic Party actually stood for something and had a compelling message, this wouldn't be happening. We see it on our TV screen right now. No $15 minimum wage, no Medicare for all, no marijuana legalization. Really, it's let's deal with COVID and then, hey, go back to the way things were when Obama was in. That's not compelling. Uh, so for me, it's don't hate, but we're going to try to do this again. And hopefully next time we can get something that you love us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> I want to thank all of you for joining us here at SGH Man Cave. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Remember that you can hear this and other episodes on all your major podcast platforms. We're on YouTube at SGH Man Cave. Once you're there, please hit that subscribe button, like, and leave a comment. You can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook at SJ's Podcast Family and at SJ's Man Cave. I would like to thank my two fellow podcasters, Jason and Hudson, for keeping it real. This is host, this is your host, Sabori. And until next time, sign it off. Yes, you're the Appreciate host. Appreciate everybody you're in the chat. You are, you, you are the host and you are Samori. That's who you are. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs>
Y'all take care. Have a good one.